Grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I would appreciate in your mind's eye you paint the following picture as we go. You enter a door to the building and you begin to get a faint smell of flowers, all species of flowers. You tell the woman who greets you there at the door who it is that you've come to see. And she says, follow me, please. And she takes you to a a larger room where there's a a good group of people that are gathered there. And you, you, you notice in there that those people are, are gathered into small groups here and there and there, and, and they're all having soft conversations. You want to make your way to the family, but there's a long line, and so you take your turn. Before you know it, you're involved in one of those conversations with the people that are in line to greet that family. The person that you've come to see was a special friend, perhaps a colleague, maybe even a relative. Her her great-grandchildren are a little too small that the family decides it's probably not the best thing to bring them to the funeral home. And... You, you notice, though, as, as you approach that casket, that there is a lovely corsage on the deceased. And you find that that corsage was presented by those very great grandchildren. You feel a deep sense of loss. And yet, there is also a sense of peace, because this person has battled illness for a long, long time. When my mother passed, I remember my oldest daughter saying to me, Dad, I can't remember when Grandma was well. And in some cases, that happens to us. The dear friend who died was to you a sign of faith. She lived that faith. She walked humbly with God. Yes. She was always the one that was volunteering at her church to do the various tasks. Over the next few days following that funeral, you reflect on how blessed your life was to have had that person to be a part of your life. And you begin to sort through the memories of those times that were important. And as I always say to families at those times, It is through those memories 
It is through the telling of those stories about the person that they will continue to live in you. So tell the stories. Tell the stories. But then, as we heard up here, when you turn on your evening news or you pick up the daily just one article after another after another after another about violence or something unfortunate happening to people, sometimes you think of being blessed as perhaps having a special talent. For most of us, being blessed is usually a thought of being able to reach out to someone, to do good for someone. Do any of these things sound familiar from something we just read? But to do good, to share not only God's word in word, but to share God's word in action. The old adage, action, speaks louder than words. And so they do. Well, if you haven't figured out by now, I'm looking at the Beatitudes. Wonderful, wonderful set of teaching. Some theologians speculate that these weren't all given at one time but that our gospel writers have compiled them together for the impact. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter because it is what our Lord has taught us about our life. The Beatitudes tell us that Jesus calls us to a whole new understanding of what life is and of what life is about. When I've done catechism camp I, and, and we would hit this topic, I would say to the kids, because we had a song that went this way, that Jesus came into the world to turn the world upside down and to make what we normally think as unimportant, important. And to make that which you wouldn't normally do, cleaning your room, important for daily life. The literary phrase there uh, of blessed be is an important thing. Now whether you say blessed or blessed, it doesn't matter. It's still the same. You are receiving a blessing, a hug if you want, from God for certain actions that they want us to do. The attitudes can basically be divided into two groups. Two groups. The first will describe those individuals who are in need. Now those needs may vary a, a whole spectrum of, but people who are in need. The poor in spirit are the humbly hearted, humble hearted rather, humbly blessed. And those who have experienced bankruptcy, hard time, unemployment, the world 
or absence of the world's values. I can't talk today. Uh, are blessed for the stamina that they have. I remember back in the eighth grade, the company my father worked for just closed up, moved out of town. He went for a little, two days over a year without work. And then he was fortunate enough to get a job. Our saving grace, my mother had a job and the farm that we lived on. But imagine how that works for somebody's morale, even in today's world, that either has lost or can't find. Or imagine someone sick in the hospital and they are going day after day after day with no resolution, no cure. Or those who mourn, those for whom a cross at their moment might be a cruel reality. That cross took our Lord's life and now my loved one is gone too. We forget that the cross was not victorious, but that Christ was victorious. Unfortunately, sometimes when a person is terminally ill, their answer is your healing is not going to be in this world, but in God's kingdom. And we try to build hope for that person. The meek are those who know certain limitations. You know, they're, they're not the first ones to jump in line and say, follow me. But they sort of stand back and they follow the flow as it ebbs and subsides. Those who hunger and thirst, both for the body, but in this case, for righteousness. Our world today is filled with people asking questions. And the most common is, why? We don't always have the answer, but we have to trust in God. The second group in that beatitude describes how we implement being blessed, how we put it to work. The merciful, those who come to those in their time of need and touch, because you just might be that person's angel. You are that person's hand of God entering into their life. When you encounter something of that nature, the common question that we ask ourselves is, should I? Should I go and, and talk to you? Should I go in? You fill in the blanks. But instead, perhaps what we need to be saying is, when do we start? How can I reach out? How can I care? How can I, and again, fill in the blank? Pure in heart individuals, as the Beatitude lists, you don't have to be goody two-shoes. 
But you have to be genuine in your love. You have to be one who is nourished by God's word and by his sacrament. We come here and we are fed through both so that we can go out into the world and care for our sisters and brothers. Notice in here, throughout, Jesus says, blessed are, and you go on. Now that's not like, as, as Kathy was saying, we're not standing up there and patting our back because my father said the same thing. We're not patting our back, but we are at least getting God's acknowledgement that we are doing his work. Blessed are the peacemakers. And notice that these are what in English studies would say present tense. Right now, right now, here in this place, you are blessed at that particular moment so that you can go on and continue his work. Jesus proclaims blessings for the people as he was doing that address, but for us today. We don't do it for self-satisfaction, but we do it, as I've already said, to extend God's hand, God's arm of love to those in need. The blessings come in the midst of all kinds of challenges. Our work even more important. As I conclude, I, I invite you to listen to a revised set of those same Beatitudes that are in today's Gospel. You can distinguish which one goes to which, but hear and see how they might fit into your life. To be blessed is to know God in Jesus Christ. Not a reward for good deeds. We don't gain our entry into heaven through the good deeds. We do the good deeds as a means of saying thank you to God for all that he has done. To be blessed is to have the handles of faith that gives us comfort and confidence each day. When I was in seminary my first year, I had a deuce of a time. I, I, I was used to being on this side of the counter, not on this side and trying to get back into the mode of being a student and doing that nasty word called studying and having to learn Greek and believe me it was all Greek to me but there was a point that I was ready to just throw up my arms and walked away but a gentleman who I had known for years was on faculty, was on staff actually, but Dick also taught courses every so often. He gave me a little wallet card that I still have near 30 plus years later. 
Help me to remember, God, that you and I together will accomplish this day. Help me to remember, God, that you and I together will accomplish this day. To be blessed is to live in a new order. An order that transforms, that changes, that turns our life upside down in a good way. To be blessed is to know the grace of God as we, we journey through this world. To be blessed is to see our dudes right now and not to see them as someone else's or for some other day in our life. To be blessed is to live this life finding real pain and real joy and real comfort, real problems and solutions, real love and justice with the confidence that Jesus has called us to be his own people. In our baptism, we each received that call. And finally, blessed are you as you hear God's word. May the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus.